What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I have special guest Jesse Jones on the line today. He had me on his podcast. I'm returning the favor. He's got a cool keto story, so let's just dive on in. How are you, Jesse? Good, my brother. How you doing? How you doing? And uh, I just got to start off by saying that... Uh, this is kind of a Robert Sykes success story because I kind of got into this whole thing from you and Danny about, geez, about a year and a half, two years ago. And uh, man, it's freaking, you guys are inspirational. So I, I owe, I owe that, all man. this to you, my man. <laughs> I, did, I definitely did not have you on the podcast that you could brag about me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's hard thing. to take compliments or whatever, but for real, man, you're, you're making a difference and you got you to keep it going, man. You're, you're killing it. I really, really do appreciate it, man. I mean, that's that's the reason that I wake up to do it because you know stories like you for sure. Heck Does anybody yeah. ever call you Matthew McConaughey? Or do they say that you sound like Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> no, I think that's the first one, but I like that though. People all say right, it to all me. Right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> People say it to me all the time, and I've never thought that. But like, you've also got like the really laid back, chill way of speaking. Enough <laughs> people said that about you. That's how I want. It. I get I get accused of being a pothead a lot. You know, and I'm like, oh man, I gave that crap up over a decade ago. <laughs> just chill, man. Just riding easy. Heck yeah, brother. Heck yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, shoot, man. Give the audience kind of a little little bio on you, kind of what got you into this space, what got you keto. Just kind of give them the story, man. All right. Okay. So freaking keto, man. It, it it's all a it's all a progression, right? I mean, nowadays you can dive right into it because there's so many resources like you and Danny and Keto Evangelist, Jimmy Moore, the list goes on and on and on. But when I started dieting, you know, it was probably around 2011, 2012. And I was, I was 22 years old, right? 22 mm -hmm. years old. And uh, before that, I'd always been, I'd always been fat my entire life, right? Always been fat, always been the overweight friend of the bunch. And it just, it didn't make sense to me, right? Like we'd be growing up and we'd be going out and eating with my friends and whatnot. And we'd all be eating the same crap and drinking the same pop and whatever. And they'd all have six packs and I'd be freaking fat. And I was just like, what? It, it just my entire life. I was just like, why, why is this happening? And apparently it has to do with people have different genetics and you just get dealt a different card in life sometimes. And that's just the way it goes, but it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, everyone has different problems that they have to, they have to tackle. Right. So right. anyways, I get going on and I'm 22 years old and I go to the beach for the very first time, very first time in my life. I go to the ocean and it's, it was a freaking great day. And at this time I had just gotten done playing college football and I was like an offensive lineman or whatever, but I was, I was in really good shape. Like I ran all the time, like in growing up playing football and wrestling and whatnot, everyone always, the coaches always tell you to lose weight, you got to run, right? You got to run, you got to run, you got to run. It's never, never mentioned one time that, hey, what you shove in your face might play a role in this whole thing. But I freaking, I go to the beach, I get the pictures developed, right? And I, I go, and this is old school, like I actually got the pictures developed at Walmart, right? Like I had like a freaking, <laughs> people probably don't remember this crap and the kids growing up right now are just like, what are you talking about? But I like went in there 
and got Walmart and I got the freaking pictures out. And I started looking at them and I'm looking at them like, what the, who is, is Peter Griffin in my pictures right now? Like what is <laughs> happening? Like this doesn't make any sense. Cause in, I swear I had like body dysmorphia. Like people talk about that stuff, but it doesn't really seem like it. Like when you hear that, you're like, that that's not real. Like you can't look in the mirror and honestly see something different than what's real. But that was going on because I was in really good shape, man. Like, like as far as like being able to run and freaking lift and stuff, like I could run a sub six minute mile, but I weighed 300 pounds of a bunch of fat, right? So so real quick, what are some of the stats? Like you, you'd run a, a sub six minute mile. How tall, how old, and how what was your weight at the time? You said 22? So I, was, I was 22. And I, I, that's like the prime of your life. Like that's when you're like supposed to be like not even worried about food yet, right? And I wasn't mm-hmm. obviously, but I mean, you're not supposed to be overweight then. And I mean, but I lived at Taco Bell, right? I lived at Taco Bell and I was a freaking 300 pounds. Uh, I'm six, two, three, depending on the shoe. If I'm wearing my work boots, six, four, <laughs> like, but yeah. right around there, you know, just depending on whatever. But yeah, freaking... Uh, 300 pounds and it was a lot of fat, but I was still, I was strong and I was fast, right? Mm -hmm. So I, in my mind, I was in shape because I could, I would go play like basketball with my friends and we'd run up and down the court for hours and hours. So in my mind, I was in shape. And I, when I look in the mirror, I wouldn't see some fat guy, but when I got these pictures developed, I had that moment. Like everyone has like a moment that wakes them up, right? And that was that moment for me, man. I freaking sat there and stared at these pictures and I was like, dude, you're freaking fat, bro. You are freaking fat and there's no escaping it. So I, uh, I, I made a change that day. And the first change, and why I said it's a progression is the first thing I did was like, I stopped drinking pop. Like that was for, for Americans. And that's like the number one main killer in my book is if you can stop drinking pop, like that's not half the battle, but almost half the freaking battle right there. What and kind then, of pop were you gravitating towards? Oh man, I was freaking, I would drink anything, bro. I would drink Fresca, Pepsi, Coke, even Diet Coke. I drank Diet Coke was more addicting than any of the other ones. And, and mm-hmm. that made me fatter than any of the other ones, which is crazy because you people think, oh, well, I'm drinking pop, but it's a diet. So it's not that big of a deal. but I've heard Jimmy Moore and all these guys talk about ACE-K, you know, mm-hmm. acesulfame, potassium. I don't know exactly how to say it, but they say that's more insulogenic than, than sugar, right? Like, so they find these ways to skirt around the lines, these companies. They, they'll say like, well, this has zero calories, but really, and calories do count at the end of the day, but there's other chemicals that can be man-made that are even more harmful than that. So I freaking, I cut out the pop first thing. And like I said, I, li- I lived at Taco Bell. I actually lived right next door to one. And I would go there like literally like three times a day, right? So mm-hmm. then I stopped the fast food, right? So just stop, just by stopping the fast food and the pop, I think over that next year, I probably dropped about 30 pounds, right? But I was still working out like a fiend all the time, all the freaking time. And I just, I had it ingrained into me from a whole life of sports that the only way to beat being fat was to run 
Like in wrestling, like when people want to make weight and, and they don't really, you don't know this when you're a dumb high school kid, but you're just cutting water weight. You're just sweating. <laughs> you're just sweating out water weight. I'm sure you know all about like mm-hmm. how much water a human can lose. Like they would get like freaking black garbage bags on and go in the sauna <laughs> and just like start doing jumping jacks and running. And But I mean, when you start to grow up, you're like, well, that's, that's not fat I'm losing. That's just water. So anyways, I, I had it ingrained into my mind that I had to just freaking run and run and run. So I did that, man. I freaking, there was a, a hill because I, I, I hit a plateau, right? I lost that 30 to 40 pounds, but I couldn't lose any more after that. So I was still hovering right around 260, you know, and I couldn't, I couldn't break anything past there because I was still eating like tuna fish sandwiches, right? And mm-hmm. with whole wheat bread because dude whole wheat bread's good for you bro you know what i mean that's the that's what you get told growing up right did you have like the food pyramid you're you're about five years younger than me did you have the food pyramid when you were in high school yeah yeah we had the food pyramid man like high school food like it was just terrible like the lunches like it just brings back horror stories i mean it literally just fried french fries and and chicken nuggets and chicken tenders and and greasy burgers and that was literally it and pizza um yeah that yeah. was it. I mean, they have no healthy food. Maybe an apple. <laughs> yeah, and they can qualify pizza now as a freaking vegetable because it has the sauce on it. And it's like, dude, it's all freaking dough underneath there. But anyways, I freaking, uh, I just, I decided that I needed to cut all that stuff out, right? Like, as no, I decided to keep running, running and running, running, running. So I was like still eating a bunch of fruit smoothies, chicken sandwiches, whole wheat bread i would go i lived at subway man when i when i first started cutting out the fast food not knowing that subway was still fast food i went to subway all the time i was like this jared guy lost like 400 pounds man i'm gonna do that too so i freaking ate that all all the time and not knowing that all that bread and everything was what was holding me back right because i thought that was what was healthy because the the food pyramid and all that crap they just tell you man whole wheat 11 servings of grain a day and I was stuck in that purgatory. So mm-hmm. I kept pushing, I kept pushing, I kept pushing for the next couple of years, right? And I just kind of hovered around there until I was about 25. And I just kept freaking going. And I had this hill next to my house. And I, have, I, was a, I became a trainer at a gym at this time because I was like, hey, man, I know what's going on. I lost 40 pounds. I'm going to tell everyone how to do this, even though I was – a terrible, the worst trainer ever. And, and some of the people who become those trainers, like it's a freaking joke, man. It's so easy to do. There are good ones and there are bad ones, but I was a terrible trainer at 24, 25. And I had many guys there. So be on the lookout for people out there. If you are trying to get a trainer, do some background checks, talk to other clients who have worked with them. See what kind of certification did you get? I had NASM, uh, Yeah, NASM, and there was two other ones that I freak. I worked at Twenty Four Hour Fitness, so like, the, if you had three certifications, you got paid more for each session. You got to keep more of a percentage. So I just mm-hmm. got these two other ones, and it was it's so easy, man. Like I studied for maybe I watched a couple of DVDs and just became a trainer. And it's like I'm in charge of people's life now, like <laughs> like people who yeah. could. I'm lucky that I didn't have someone like freaking have a, a heart attack or something when I was training them. But 
It anyway. is crazy, man. Like the training certifications now, like people put so much emphasis on them. Like I'm certified, but I don't even advertise it. Like I don't even talk about it. Like people don't care. Like people care about what you've been able to replicate and what you've been able to do with your clients. So like my track record speaks a lot higher than any kind of certification or acronym I can have in my name. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like anyone out there who's you, especially with the, with freaking the ways you can communicate with people now, like you could, you could write someone on Instagram and be like, Hey, this is your coach or your trainer. How, how did they work with you? But that whole, that that's a whole nother thing working for a big global gym. Like all they care about is you just freaking keep selling, keep selling and keep selling. They don't give a fudge. If you give your freaking, yeah. if you get results for your clients, they don't care at all. They just want you to sell more packages. But anyways, I freaking had free access to the spinning classes being there. So mm-hmm. I had this giant hill next to my house and I had free access to these spinning classes because I'm a trainer at this gym. And I also was like, well, the biggest muscles on my body are my legs. So I'm going to freaking, I'm going to, and I always had underdeveloped legs, but I'm like, I'm going to do this. But before, before any of this, man, I was like freaking super agile and nimble and all this stuff. But for about a two month stretch, there's really all it took two months stretch. I freaking really, really went crazy running up and down this hill every day. And before work, I would run up and down this steep, steep incline. And then for my lunch break, I would go and take a spinning class and the guy didn't know how to to set the bike to my height and whatever. Like they don't care either, man. They're just freaking, let's go. We're taking this hill, and like you get really into it. it's like super competitive. I don't think those spin classes are good for your mental state or your physical yeah. state, and like like you're just burning, you're just losing water weight anyway. And then I would go and do quad extensions, super super heavy with terrible form. Because I was young and I was dumb and I'd never been hurt before and I thought I was invincible, right? Until I do those three things for like a couple months, right? I, and I, I, I remember my knees kind of started to hurt in spin class one day. And I was like, but the dude's just screaming in the microphone. He's just like, let's go. And everyone around you is just like going crazy. And little did I know they had their like resistance set at a normal, where a normal person should have it. And I have mine like, just cranked up all the way, just grinding away. My knees just started to hurt, man. And I'm like, you know what? That's probably just my muscles around my knees. And I wanted to lose this fat, dude. I just had this motivation that I needed to lose this fat. And I just kept pushing, pushing and grinding and grinding until one day I wake up and they just start hurting more and more every day, but I'm still, I'm still doing it, right? And I'm not listening to my body and I'm just trying to beat it with sheer grit. Until it's one day, man, I freaking... I wake up and I literally can't get out of bed because my knees just hurt so freaking bad, right? I, I can't even walk, man. Like I have like, I like hobble like straight legged, like Frankenstein out to the freaking computer and like have to like lower myself down, basically doing like a dip right under the chair. Mm-hmm. Like what is going on, man? I'm like, I freaking, it was like that for like a week, man. I could barely even walk right and I, I called in to my boss and i'm like i gotta i i can't come in and he's like what's going on and i'm like i don't know and i ended up quitting at the gym right after that because i, I don't like to screw other people over you know if i make dumb mistakes in my own life and mess myself up i can live with that 
But if I mess up other people, like that's even worse. And I'm like, man, I can't, I'm telling these people to freaking follow me, work out like me. And I'm, I can barely even walk right now. And that was like seven years ago, no, six years ago. And I haven't been able to run since, man. I have not been able to run, jog, jump, do a proper squat, anything since. But since then, I got down to 170 pounds. So it's like, how how does that happen? Like, the only Did way you ever go to the, the doctor or anything after that and, and oh, get diagnosed like torn oh. tendons or anything? Oh God, dude, I've been to, I've been to probably ten doctors in two different states, but actually three different states, California, Utah, and Idaho. And I've had surgery on one of them, which just made it worse. And it's, it's, it's a weird disease. It's a weird kind of degenerative, degenerative disease that gets started. And like under your kneecap, there's a groove that goes along there that your kneecap slides in and out of. And basically, it's supposed to be kind of like an egg sliding along glass, right? It's all smooth and nice. But mine underneath them are kind of like cheese graters, right? They've been, the, the cartilage under there has been worn and degraded and become like rough. That it's just basically like cheese graters grinding up and down. And it's all in front. It's all in front of my knees. It's all in between the cap and the back of it. And there's so like in between the top and bottom bones all that's good like it's all just a pain thing in front of it and it's it's bad dude like i've i've torn my acl before and this is worse like but as long as i just freaking walk normal and don't do too many stairs in a day like i can kind of just live a normal life i just can't run like mm-hmm. I, have, I have a grandma that can literally run faster than me but I'm freaking, I, when you look at me, I just look like this freaking really in shape guy. Like I'll have people come, like my neighbor came over the other day and was like, hey dude, we need a fifth to come play church basketball. Can you come over? I'm like, no, dude, I can't. He's like, why? I'm like, I, I, I just cannot do it, bro. I want to, trust me, I want to, but I can't. And it's it's crazy. But in that, I'm so glad that happened though. Like a lot of people would look at that and be like, okay, this sorry, sad, oh, this happened to me. Why did this happen to me? But, but since then, it forced me to freaking look at a different way of eating, right? I was like, well, I, I don't have the option to run away from my problems anymore. So I can't outrun this fatness anymore. So there's only one other option. And I dove into nutrition, bro. I dove into everything, 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 everything. And I freaking came across low carb and I was like, sweet, I'll freaking do that. And first it started off like normal Atkins, you know, I started losing some weight that way. And then I probably lost about another, we got down to around 215, 220, right? And mm-hmm. then in the last couple years, I started deciding, you know what, I'm going to start packing on some muscle again. And that's when I came across you and Danny. I was like, look at these guys, man. They're freaking, they're freaking shredded. They're building muscle on this keto thing. And that's when I dove into keto and I did some fasting, although uh, that is a whole nother rabbit hole that 
<laughs> I'll see where you stand on it. But uh, yeah, I freaking went full on keto and I got down to 170 at one point. And then I was like, you know what? I, I can build some muscle on top of this. I don't need to be so strict about things. And I, I hover around 180 right now easily without doing any cardio, without doing any, I don't even have to work out hardly if I don't want to anymore. The only time I do is when I want, want to put on muscle, but that's how much easier life is. Like I went from being working out all the time, running miles and miles and miles a day and still being fat to not doing that at all and being super in shape and it's easier. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's basically my story, man. So you've basically gone from 300 pounds, lost over hundred pounds, lost the use of, you know, your knees basically. Mm -hmm. So all that weight loss was pretty much in a, during a time when you couldn't do any cardio yeah. um, and just solely from proper nutrition. Exactly, man. And that's the thing. It, and, and I know to get freaking stage ready and stuff, you have to implement cardio at some point, but I just for your normal average dude. And that's, that's what I, that's what I consider find myself as, you know, I, I'm an average Joe keto. That's me. And, uh, like I'm, I got a job, right? And I freaking, I look up to you because you've taken that leap and hopefully someday I can, but I want to relate to the normal everyday guys and gals out there because they get lied to. They think, they think that they have to freaking go and slave away on these treadmills and cardio machines just to be, just to, you know, live an average healthy weight, but you don't, you don't. And it's probably, unless you're doing a safe exercise is probably detrimental which is is hard because the media and everyone tells you that that's the only way to do it but yeah so so what is your what is your activity like now like are you resistance training mostly yeah yeah it's pretty much all I'm, I'm limited to um i can do certain forms of of some hit but it has to be it has to be very controlled right it has to be like and my knees just have to be somewhat locked, right? Like I could do like uh, kettlebell swings, right? Mm -hmm. And I found ways to do that. And I can do, oh, sometimes I can do burpees if I have the right like padding. That's where when I come down, if if I do go to my knees that I they're, they're padded, I got some pillows or something under it, I could do some burpees and stuff. But that's that's really the only kind of cardio I can do. And then I walk, man, I can walk. And and that's probably the best thing that I've found. I'm assuming like squats and extensions are probably out of the equation. They are, which sucks, man, because <clears throat> it freaking sucks, bro. <laughs> and, and like all the doctors tell me, well, in the beginning, they told me that you got to strengthen your VMO. You got to strengthen your VMO. And, and for people that don't know what that is, that's, you know what that is, but the, the teardrop right on the inside of your quad right above your mm -hmm. knee like you got to strengthen your vmo because it's going to take the tension off that it's going to pull your your kneecap over into the, a better position and it'll help it but dude there's there's only so much you can there's only so many straight legged leg lifts you can do to, to where it just it won't get any stronger right and i've strengthened it as much as i can and it's weird man like when you get when you get out in front when you, it's hard to explain. When you get your knee out in front quite a bit, it takes a lot of the tension off. So like mm -hmm. if I were to say be going up, if I was going to do a lunge, right? If I did a lunge straight out in front of me and I 
kept it way out in front of me, it would hurt less than if I were to do a straight up and down squat. But yeah, but yeah, I can't, I can't squat anymore, bro. <laughs> Do you have any like pictures, like x-ray pictures or anything that kind of illustrate uh, that, that cheese greater effect? Well, that's the thing. The cartilage, I, I had to get an MRI. And yeah, I do have it. And it's freaking, it's terrible. You have, you have to send me that, man. I want to put that on the show notes or something so people can get a visual if, it's, if you can get it. Yeah, yeah. I have, I found lots of like little illustrations and stuff of what's going on. It's called chondromalacia patella. Really long word, C-H-R. I'll, I'll send it to you. But yeah. Yeah, it's freaking, it sucks, man. And I, but since then though, I found my wife, right? Like my wife's never seen me even freaking run to the mailbox or whatever. And I've, I've gotten, I've gotten way better job and way better shape. And I have a baby now and life's way better. And like, you just have to look at these obstacles in your way is just that, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. Like I wouldn't like maybe someday I'll figure some we'll figure something out with my my physical therapist and everything, but until then I'm I'm happy like like it is even though I can't go play basketball with my friends which sucks but <laughs> it's crazy that you know it happened the way it did but the fact that you know that was the catapulting factor that forced you to look at nutrition as opposed to you know cardio as a way to find better health and lose the weight I mean. Obviously, you would want to be able to like move better, but if that was the catapulting factor and that was a necessary thing to make you focus on nutrition, I mean, hell, it was worth it. Yeah, I I don't, I don't think I ever would have, man. I don't think I, like, it's hard to explain it to someone that hasn't, like, been just totally ingrained in sports their entire life because that's because you just have this mentality of just harder work, harder work, harder work is the only way. But really. And I, I, I tell this to people all the time, like, work smarter, not harder, man. Like, like what's easier? Like freaking, some people say like they run marathons and train for marathons so they can go and eat their bread or whatever. It's like, what's easier? Like if you get off work to just eat something that's not going to spike your insulin or to freaking run two hours on a treadmill and then go eat something that is going to and you wake up the next morning and you've probably actually gained weight. But some people are doing that crap, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I've never understood the mentality behind, you know, training like crazy to justify eating like crap. Like that, that is just a huge disconnect in my mind. I've never understood people's outlook on that. But that's, that's the norm, it seems. Yeah, seriously. And, and, and you do need... I, you need some sort of training in your life. You need some sort of movement and everything. I'm not telling someone oh, freaking don't exercise at all. But if you think you're going to get, if you think you're going to lose a bunch of weight just by exercising, you're going to be in for a long, hard battle. And you probably won't mess up your knees as bad as I did, but you're still not going to get any results. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like when I first started training and, you know, lifting and kind of getting into the bodybuilding scene, you know, I always put so much more of an emphasis on training over nutrition, especially like when you're younger. And this is why kids can tolerate a lot more carbohydrates than adults, but like you have a, you know, faster, more adaptable metabolism and then everything's just kind of such that you can get away with a bit more. Mm-hmm. But you know, once you get to that age where your body is much less flexible from that standpoint, nutrition becomes the forefront and nutrition should always be the forefront. I mean, now 
I can get away with a lot more. Like I could tolerate carbs very well if I chose to introduce them, mm-hmm. but there's, there's multiple reasons why I don't, but training is, is, you know, amplified by the nutrition as opposed to the other way around. So having the, the focus there is paramount without a doubt. Yeah. And, and like you said, when you, when you get older, it changes and it does, man, it changes for everyone. Like there are some people who, who like, okay, I've done research on this and I'm sure you've heard, but there's like something like 20% of the population that no matter what, they're never going to get fat, but dude, who cares? Don't worry about them. They have other problems in their life, dude. They might freaking, they might get cancer. They might have freaking, a lot of them get diabetes a lot easier because they don't have any fat cell storage to soak up any of that excess crap they're shoving in, right? So it goes straight into a fatty liver and all that stuff. Then they get type 2 diabetes a lot quicker than someone who can freaking has these fat cells that can keep growing and growing and expanding and expanding. But like, Oh yeah. hundred percent, man. Like the physical look alone is not near enough of a predicating factor as to whether or not you're healthy or not. Like my, my, my brother, for instance, he's, you know, skinny as a rail and he's gotten a little bit better, but I mean, he practically lives on gummy bears. I mean, he's uh-huh. basically giving himself diabetes and yeah. you know, on, and just looking at him from the outside, you would think that he's healthy. He's not overweight by any means, but I've had several guests on the podcast that were like ultra endurance runners or cyclists and they've, you know, realized they went to like a, a doctor and realized that they were pre-diabetic and that was like the, the catapulting factor that caused them to open their eyes because you have to look deeper than just the outside. You know, you have to dive into what's actually happening internally and, and that often unveils the fact that, that you're not healthy. You're far from it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it sucks, man. But like freaking sugar Anything that turns into sugar is flat out poison, man. Like it really is your body responds to it like a poison. It responds to it the same way it would alcohol. Like when you put a bunch in there, it just, it says, okay, this is toxic. I got to shove this crap somewhere. I got to get rid of it. And like the, you, you can only use like so much in your muscles. And like if you had just done a really hard workout, you might be able to use a little bit more. But not as much as what people are freaking packing in there, man. Like, and it, it, and it shoves it as much as it can into fat cells. But once those are filled up and stuff, it starts shoving it everywhere, man. It starts shoving it into kidneys, eyes, freaking nerve endings. That's why people with type 2 diabetes, they start having to chop off their feet and stuff because the, all their nerve endings and everything are just dead down there. <laughs> it just becomes dead yeah. limbs. And it sucks, man. <laughs> I have a- yeah, elevated insulin, chronically elevated insulin and elevated glucose is, I mean, it's it's catastrophic. And it's sad because it's sad that people don't even realize that they would be able to mitigate that by nutrition. And they're just ignorant to that fact. And it's sad that they'll go to doctors and, and doctors, you know, like if they're pre-diabetic or if they're diabetic, they'll often just prescribe, you know, a statin uh, or insulin. Mm-hmm. Or not, not a statin, that's for cholesterol, but insulin. And it, it's sad that you know, people's view of what it takes to recover from that, you know, catastrophic moment is, is simply to go and get that drug as opposed to correcting their diet. Yeah. That's the, that's the freaking dumbest thing ever in the world. Like you go, that's what I feel so bad for these people too. I I work with some diabetic people and like, it's weird. It's, it's hard to like talk to them about it, but it's like, Okay, they go into the doctor 
And the problem is too much insulin all the time. And so what is their number one thing that the doctor has them do? Just to shove more insulin in there and just cram it over the head. It's like if someone, <laughs> I've heard this one before, this is not mine, but I'll take credit for it if I have to. But like, let's uh, <laughs> say someone, someone has a problem with not getting drunk anymore. It's like, what, what's the solution to freaking just make them chug a, a fifth of whiskey or make them take a little break, you know, not drink for a couple weeks. And then the next time they go out with their friends, maybe, maybe one or two beers will have them get drunk. And I don't drink anymore, but I'm just saying like, that's the rationale behind it is like, they just keep beating it over the head with this insulin when the real answer is to back everything off and let everything kind of settle down for a second. But the doctors don't do that. Yeah. And the same is true with a lot of things. I mean, like your body adapts and it, be, it, it changes its, its set point. But I mean, the same is true with, you know, alcohol, like you said, and caffeine is another one, you know, people, and I'm bad about this, but I'll, I'll drink more coffee to get the same effect mm. uh, that, you know, like the first coffee used to get with the caffeine. But the best thing you can do, you can do is kind of give your body a break, let your adrenals, you know, recover. And then one coffee would have the same effect. And the, the same is true with insulin uh, and carbohydrates. But yeah, pe people, I mean, it's, it's a drug. It's like you, you talk about drugs in the same light, you know, like people will have their first hit of a drug and they get that high and then mm -hmm. they have to have more and more of the same substance to, to try and get somewhat close to that high again. And it, it's unfortunate that the way our society's kind of shifted is that people gravitate towards consuming an excess and surplus to recover from that as opposed to, you know, backing things off, letting your body kind of take it in naturally. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a sad truth, but hopefully through us, you know, enlightening the public and you showing your story, people will realize that more is not the answer. Dang, man. I know I, I freaking, I really want to, I want to tell people and, and that's my whole thing is I want to do it for your average dude. Like I got a kid, I got a freaking job. I get home at like, you know, seven o'clock then I'm on dad duty and it's like, how is this person going to freaking fit? And, and I, I'm just one of bajillions of people out there probably even got more, more going on than me. Right. Like, and, and how is this person supposed to freaking take three hours to go hire a trainer, do our cardio, do our free weights, do all this stuff. It's just not going to happen, bro. Like, it's just not going to happen. And the only way to, to combat this is through what you eat, like at the end of the day. Just as from a time, from a relationship standpoint, like, there's no, there's no other option. Like, and that's what I found mm -hmm. is, is you can't, you can't outrun this crap, man. Like Professor Tim Noakes, like, didn't he become diabetic and stuff too? And he's like, <laughs> run more marathons than anyone ever. And yeah, it just, it's just the way it goes, man. <laughs> I really admire the fact that, I mean, you're, you're, you are, you know, working the nine to five, have a kid, have a family, uh, you know, average Joe Keto, as you say, like you're not making excuses for yourself and you're just figuring out what works and then, you know, building off of that. I mean, the fact that, that you've like created a podcast and everything to relate, to help, help others that are in a similar situation relate with you and, and figure out a way is, is, is freaking awesome, man. Like, so what would you say to people, you know, like, what would you say to yourself 
prior to like if you can go back and look yourself in the mirror and tell you what you know now like what would you say oh that that is a good question here's the thing dude here's the freaking thing is i don't i don't think you can tell anybody crap i i like you said with your brother like you know people in your life like every and then you know how i had that moment when i saw my pictures from the beach and not not everyone's mm-hmm. going to have that exact same moment but i don't think you can force anyone to I, i've tried bro i <laughs> freaking i have tried with family with everyone to freaking be like oh hey this is what you do this is what you do this is what you do but you you can't man like no one Everyone has to come to it at their own time. So I think if I went back in time and I went up to myself, I, I would like to think, well, it depends on how I got. If I just walked out of the DeLorean with freaking Doc Brown next to me, I would probably listen then, right? <laughs> like, this is me. But no, freaking, I... Duh, hello, McFly. <laughs> yeah, if me and Marty McFly were just like, Jesse, stop eating carbs. And I'd be like, sweet, I will. But nah, dude, I was, I was young, dude. I was stupid. I was freaking... There's no way you can, there's no way you can freaking tell someone, but here's the kicker though. You just have to be ready. And when someone is ready to hear it, then you freaking just pounce, right? You just freaking beat them over the head with it. Like, all right, this is what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do. And then they're more willing to listen. But if you just all have been people's grill, like, dude, I'm at the freaking grocery store and I want to just walk up to people and be like, I know the answer. Like I saw this one girl the other day, like she's like freaking, ah, man, I felt so bad for her. Like I could tell she just like had like gym clothes and stuff on. She was she's pretty big. Right. And she's, she's got all this like, like uh healthy food. She's got all this fresh produce, salads, all this stuff, but she has a big old thing of orange juice in there. And I, I just, I literally almost went over and like grabbed the orange juice and was like, this, this is the problem. But I, it's like, you can't freaking do that, man. It's so inappropriate in life. But like, I was like, everything else you're doing here looks great. This is the problem. <laughs> no, she's freaking, I, I just, I don't know, man. But hey, my brother, my brother finally like came around and just started listening to me four months ago, dude. And he was he was 360-ish. and Oh, wow. Yeah. He's 360, and in four months, he's lost 84 pounds. That's insane, man. Yeah, 84 pounds, bro. And this is what he does. He gets off work. Me and him work together. He gets off work and goes home and freaking just grills up a bunch of steaks and all this. Stuff. He's, he's, he's almost carnivore, but he doesn't know really know what carnivore is. He does other stuff, but he's basically carnivore. But yeah. That's awesome, man. Like that, that is, that is so cool. It's cool that, you know, you just living by example and, you know, having the podcast, you know, leading by example, with like your family, your brother seeing and taking note of it, you know, that's the thing. Like you can't force anything that anybody, but if they ask you, you know, that illustrates that they have Mm -hmm. some degree of interest and then you just tell them what you know. Like I was at the gym the other day and this guy walked up to me. I I had my camera, I've got my, you know, camera with me everywhere I go because I'm doing the vlogs. And he's like, uh, mm-hmm. what, what are you recording for? You You do videos for a living? So I kind of just, you know, told him, hey, I do YouTube, yada, yada, yada. Um, and I kind of told him what my brand was, like fitness and nutrition and whatnot. And he's like, you know, I've had, I just had a kidney transplant. And uh, it's 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 fully recovered or it's, it's fully recovering. I mean, things are going great. Um, 
but I need to work on my diet. I got I got to lose another twenty pounds to like be within the window of what's optimal for this kidney transplant. Yada yada yada. And you know, I was telling him about things. I, I got him on. Uh, you know, I told him how to get in contact with me, give him my contact info for like the website and whatnot. I started telling tell him about keto, and he was like genuinely interested. And I mean, who knows why he had to have a kidney transplant? Like maybe something due to genetics or issues with carbs in the past. I don't know, but the fact that he's willing to listen to try to improve a situation makes him like a prime candidate to talk to. And if people are interested and willing to listen, then I mean, give him the time of day. Like, like I was in a rush. Like I had, I had things to go. I had a podcast record. I was in, I was busy, but he was genuinely interested. So I'm going to take the time and talk to him and tell him what I know, because you know, if that one spark can lead to him going on a different path, you know, and, and being healthier. And then maybe that, that spills over into his family. You know, I mean, there's no telling how many people you can impact. Heck yeah. Yeah, you might be you might be helping who knows how many people he could go and tell man. Exactly. Like he might be the next freaking Jimmy Moore <laughs> for <laughs> people with for people with kidney failure. You know what I mean? Like he probably it probably was from that. It probably was from too many carbs. Like he's probably on dialysis and crap from diabetes and and that's the other thing. He just had a kidney transplant and you don't want him to mess up that one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because those are hard to get. Yeah. Like they don't just hand out kidneys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. So if he messed up that one doing the exact same crap he was doing, like you might have saved that dude's life, man. I hope. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I can only hope that that you, people will take life. <laughs> Put lifesaver on your freaking <laughs> on your Instagram now. <laughs> I'll take it. Man. I'll yes. take it. Well, in ditto. CEO slash lifesaver. Yeah. In <laughs> ditto, man. Like, like you, like that's the cool thing about you kind of taking the direction you have. Like, you've become a light for people that, that aren't like an extreme athlete. They're not going to be, you know, running any gold medals or anything like that. But you're like, hey, this is what I do. I do the exact same thing you do. It works for me. It can work for you. And that is, is hugely important, man. So hats off to you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. I freaking, I, I just want to show people that it ain't, it ain't that damn hard. <laughs> it ain't that complicated either, man. You freaking cut the carbs. Your appetite's going to come down. You're not going to be as hungry all the time and you're not going to eat as much, man. And, and where do you fall? Dude, where do you fall on that whole calorie thing? I know you have to count them because you freaking, when you prep and cut and you're in a growth phase, I mean, you need more and more, but there, it, there's got to be a difference in some of them, right? Like it's they're not all created equal. Yeah. So actually, somebody asked me this the other day on one of their podcasts. But if somebody's goal is just like overall health and you know improving their current situation, you can accomplish that with just wholesome foods, ketogenic friendly foods, at a you know a rough ketogenic ratio of you know between seventy and eighty percent of your calories coming from fat. Period. I mean that's going to solve like eighty percent of the issues out there. Classic 80-20 mm -hmm. analysis rule here. But for me, as a you know competitive bodybuilder that's trying to optimize performance and take it to the next level, optimize that next 20%, I'm tracking and counting everything. I mean, I would not be able to get to 3.5% body fat on stage if I didn't track anything. There's just no way. Um, yeah. So for the vast majority of the people that are just trying to improve their health, you know, that's not necessarily they just, you know, especially if they're at carbs. Like if they're trying to like take it from keto to the next level, then, then yeah, track. But if you're like eating all kinds of crazy crap and you're on carbs, you're not tracking anything, then continue to not track anything. Just eat all keto wholesome foods at the right ratios and that's going to benefit tremendously. Um, you know, if you want to take it to the next level, then, then take out some of the variables and get on top of your 
numbers and track and manipulate and really get things dialed in. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you, man. A freaking I mean, I have fat genetics, right? I have fat genetics and I eat when I eat keto just normal, which I always do, I freaking I'll hover anywhere from eight to ten percent body fat as a normal dude and not be hungry. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I was trying to do just not being hungry and eating normal, like I was up to 30%, 30-ish percent body fat. You know what I mean? Like it makes that big of a difference, I feel like. But I, like you said, there's a, there's a limit to that. There's a limit to eating to satiety, just doing whatever the heck you want. And I think it's right around that 10%. Yeah. But it, for normal people, though, that's where you want to be. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, for like, sure. You don't want to be any lower than that. Like you'll freaking you start to feel like crap and you'll, I don't know, people will just be like, does this guy have cancer or something? Like what's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> definitely not normal to walk around, you know, at 3% body fat, you know, single digit body fat. So like to do that, you have to do, you have to go beyond what is normal with regards to your nutrition and kind of tracking things there. But yeah, for the average person that's just wanting to improve their health and they don't need to necessarily obsess over all the numbers and all the data, you know? Yeah. And and I, I, I wrote you an email about this the other day and I'm, I'm kicking this idea around and you've kind of inspired me, but I always thought that bodybuilding was off the table for me. Right. I, I was like, there's no way I could ever do that because I can't, I can't squat. I can't freaking build up my legs. I can't, I can't do any of that. But then I was watching this, uh, is a freaking documentary on on Netflix and there it was it was talking to some guys who were into men's physique and I was like I didn't even know I was like oh my gosh dude these guys wear board shorts on stage I was like they cover up all the crap that I can't build <laughs> so I was like this I haven't competed in anything since in like 12 years I haven't com- I haven't competed in one thing other than fantasy football, which is <laughs> it's pretty intense, but it's only so much. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, dude, I need a challenge. I need it. So I was like, dude, I want to try a men's physique show, but I don't know. I'll probably have to pick your brain as we go along on some tips and stuff. So Do what's it. the difference? What's the, I think I should, but what's the difference? Like I, I want to be able to prove to people that you could do this and look good and do everything without freaking being able to do cardio and not even if you're limited in some way that you could still freaking you could still go out there and live life man yeah absolutely man i i so highly encourage you to do that because like you said you're wearing board shorts as men's physique you know you don't have to illustrate your quadricep development so that shouldn't be too much of a barrier for you there um and I mean, honestly, man, like I had one of my friends over here the other day and he'd never competed before. I didn't want to compete really, but he was kind of at a crossroads as far as, you know, just a big life picture. Like, what does he want to do with his life? Like he lacks consistency. He lacks discipline in a lot of areas. And I'm like, bro, do a competition, do a competition. And for no other reason than simply to push your body and mind past what you thought previously possible. And that is going to spill over into every aspect of your life. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm biased, obviously, because I am a competitor, but my tipping point, my like aha moment that you hear about was when I was in a competition prep. And you're going to learn so much more about yourself doing that. And that is so far beyond the benefit that you're going to get from just being able to say you walked up on stage, you got a plastic trophy that probably cost five bucks, you know, like yeah, that's not what you're right. doing it for. But the, what you're going to take away from that cannot be bought, cannot be really replicated in any other way that I know of, because it's just, 
like any kind of crazy sport or like very trying time you, you can you can do that both bodybuilding like you're having to have the discipline to say no to so many things you're gonna have to sacrifice so many things when they're all abundantly there in front of you and to be able to do that and come out of that mm-hmm. with something to show for it i mean man i, I mean do it 100 percent, do it Dang, man, you're getting me inspired here, bro. I think I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> do it, do it. And see, yeah, that's a crazy yeah. thing. So many people think that they can't do it or, oh, I'm not a bodybuilder. I'm not a physique player. I'd never be able to do that. Anybody can do what I've done in my life, period. I mean, anybody can do it. Like, your mind is so much more freaking powerful than people give it credit for. The human body is so much more powerful than people give it credit for. So freaking push it to the limit and see what you're capable of mm-hmm. and then gain that perspective. And with that, you can freaking do anything. Dang, man. Dang. I'm going to print that out. <laughs> put it on my... <laughs> Take it on your bathroom wall, man. Make that my ringtone, man. Yeah. Dude, that's freaking sweet, bro. I, uh, I, I'm going to have to pick your brain on the particulars, but that's the thing is... And that's why I freaking gravitated to you because you're natural. I know you're... I, I have an eye for these things. I can tell when people are when they aren't and the lay public doesn't. But that's... I don't want to find a good natural show, mm-hmm. and but yeah, it's gonna be sweet, dude. I'm freaking excited for it. But that's that's pretty much what's next for me is I'll probably be documenting that journey. And and you think six months is a good prep time? Yeah, I give myself between four and six months based off of you know what my current starting point is, um, you know, kind of the the conditioning that I'm looking for. I mean. I always just try and bring the absolute best conditioning I can on stage. Like with size, you know, I'm never going to be the biggest body that on stage. Like I'm just not like, I don't have the genetics for that. Um, I'm not taking any performance enhancing drugs that are going to help mitigate that. Like I'm not mm-hmm. ever going to be the biggest guy on stage, but I'm always going to be the most shredded guy on stage period. I've never walked on stage at anybody leaner than me. And I never freaking will. If there's anything I can do about it, like I'm going to go in just freaking peel to the bone. And I have complete control over that. So give yourself enough time to ensure for that and make sure that, you know, even if you're not the biggest guy on stage, the judge's eyes are going to be drawn to the fact that you're just freaking chiseled. Mm-hmm. And you and you do that with a, a full-on keto approach, right? And you taper you taper your protein down yeah, as yeah. you get like closer? I, yeah, I haven't. I mean, I taper everything. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely keto. Like I haven't had a carb-based meal in four years, you know, so... 100% keto. Dang, dude. And you you're not you're not freaking messing with all the the bull crap carb loading the night before, all nope. that nope. jazz. Not necessary or man. recommended, man. That's got to be a freaking relief compared to cuz you did that originally, right? Yeah. The first yeah. couple times. That's what I'd done the first three shows and it just I mean that's what led to my eating disorder. That's what led to me just like my body dysmorphia, you know, I gained 20 pounds in 48 hours doing that. And it just screwed me up in the head. It's just unhealthy. Like, it's just like you're backstage with people. They're at their lowest point in life from like a health perspective. And here they are trying to be illustrative of, of health because they're on stage. You know, they look great, but they're just not healthy, not well. Uh, the hormones are, are just jacked up. Metabolism is all jacked up. So to be able to do it all with keto in a sustainable way, I mean, it's hard. It's freaking hard no matter what diet you're using. But it's so much more you know, rewarding and sustainable and healthy that I don't have any intentions of ever going back to a carb-based protocol for competition prep. Sounds awful. The the way these guys, this documentary I was watching, man, they were just like, 
they were just like, oh yeah. So I <laughs> taper everything down. And then the night before I like sacked 600 grams of car. I was like, what the frick is going on? And then they were like worried about the water. They couldn't drink any water and they were like trying to eat like dry oatmeal. And I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Not good. Freaking. Why don't you just listen to Robert, man? It sounds like he's got this <laughs> thing down a lot better. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely learning as I go, but seeing the success I saw with the last time, I, I know I'm on something there and I, I'm trying to do everything I can to help illustrate that as a, you know, viable alternative to what's currently you know, the main practice. Well, dang, dude. Well, freaking, when we get closer to it, I, I might have to pick your brain a little bit. Do it, man. <laughs> I'd love to help in any way I can, for sure. You got Danny down to six, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Get him down to 6%, worked with his wife, Mora. I got Crystal down for her competition. She won her competition, you know, so I, I know that people can have success with it on stage. I've I've had clients, you know, go pro uh, doing the keto based protocol. And it's just the coolest thing for me. Like I love working with competitors because we have to take that next level. Like we have to freaking see what you're made of and to, to get them there. And then they gain that perspective and us do so following a protocol that's so counter to what society does, but it's so much better than what society does. Like that to me is just freaking awesome. Like I love it. Mm-hmm yeah man that's freaking sweet dude i think i think i uh i gotta i might do a not a bulking phase but i might try to put on some whatever that i'm lagging in and then start my prep i think there's like a show in like i don't know eight months nine months that might be enough time <laughs> yeah yeah let's do it man i mean anything i can do to help just just let me know and we'll plan on it and uh yeah we'll get you dialed in yeah well that's what's on tap for me that's about that's about all. <laughs> well, that's a that's a good goal, man. That'd be the that'd be the one that I would suggest for sure. For yeah, sure. and I do. I, it is kind of exciting just to think like, okay, you're going into this hard mental place, but on the other side, you'll have you'll have more perspective about life and everything like that too. Absolutely, absolutely. Which, yeah, which is, I mean, when you go through hard things, man. That's that's what makes us us. That's what makes you you. Like you got to do that crap. And I I was telling you the other day, but for I'll I'll, I'll tell these people this story. So they can, I can end on this. They might feel better about it. But so I had my baby, and he was two weeks old, and we took him into the doctor, and they said uh, he has uh, cystic fibrosis, and. Me and my wife just went into a tailspin, right? We're just like, oh my God, this is terrible. This is awful, terrible, awful. And we're, we're, we have to go down to primary children's hospital and run all these more tests. And if, if he does have it, then we're freaking, I don't know. And then we're, we're dealing with that and it's, there's no cure for it. And you hope that they live till maybe 30, but it's not guaranteed. And you have all these things rushing through your mind and you're scared and you're like, okay, uh, the, the one pill that they take is $20,000 a month. So how's that going to happen when I'm making three grand a month? <laughs> and freaking, you're just like, this just doesn't make sense. Like, how does this happen? And not to mention the fact that you're probably going to bury your kid. And all this stuff's going through my mind and it's terrible, it's awful. But I had this one thought in the back of my mind that, Maybe he could be the one, maybe he could be the one that 
is like the beacon of hope for everyone out there with it. Maybe he could be like the first guy who freaking beats this thing, right? He could be, he could be like the one. He could be Neo for all the people out there with cystic fibrosis and show them the, the light and that this thing is beatable and be it hope. And that's that's the only thing that kept me going, right? So we go down there and we do all these tests. And long story short, after a couple of days of all this crappy, horrible nightmare, turns out he doesn't have it, right? He doesn't. It was some sort of false test. I don't know how it happened. I don't know. It was a lot of praying. Maybe God healed him. I don't know. But going through that made me such a better person, right? I freaking, I look at life in a totally different way. And this is just, this is just, a couple of weeks ago, like I, I was looking at when we were leaving there, I was driving out and I saw this, this homeless guy. And I was like, I was like, man, this guy's freaking like 60 years old and he's super healthy. Like he still has a shot. He could still, he could still go out there and be somebody right now. Like he still has the opportunity. Whereas when you're in that primary children's hospital, man, I saw about 10 kids in there that don't even have a freaking shot at anything, bro. Like they're freaking, they're paralyzed from the neck down, right? And then I, I their cancer, this one little girl came out, she had really bad cancer and she was gonna, she's probably gonna go soon. And they they were taking her out to see the, to get a little fresh air and see the sun for the first time all day. And she, she had like a, a mask on like one of those masks and she had a little teddy bear that had the mask on too and i just freaking started crying dude but anyways so i come back i come back from this just roller coaster of emotions to like just a bunch of people who have written me about my podcast and i i love to help them i love to help them. but they're like sitting there like complaining about how they're not gonna how they can't eat this and they can't eat that and i'm listening i'm on message boards about people saying Oh, well, I, I don't know if I can give up bread. And I'm just like, dude, like, <laughs> you don't, you got to put this crap in perspective, right? Like, there's people out there who can't, who are going to die soon. Like, there's kids out there who don't even have a shot. And you don't think you can lose weight? Like, you don't think you can give up freaking ketchup? Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, it's easy. Like, on the big scheme of things. And I, I've, I've never be the same person. I'm, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad. I went through that, but yeah, like that's crazy, man. Man, you got me having all kinds of emotions now. <laughs> like that's like <laughs> very going outside, man. Like, dude, oh, it, it, makes it, it makes it very hard to see things. It when you have a little girl that's about to give up life, it yeah. makes the fact that you won't want to give up bread pretty freaking oh, petty. Yeah. Yeah, it puts it in freaking I, – I came back, dude, and I – oh, dude, the the night – one of the nights I was there, there was this dude at the hotel I was checking into, and he's just sitting there just like chewing out the people behind the desk. He's like, I've been sitting here for 10 minutes waiting for a room. I was like, well, you probably should have made a reservation, bro, <laughs> like, like, like everyone. He's just yelling at these people, and I'm like sitting here not knowing if my son's going to die, and I'm just yeah. like – I'm like, dude, you don't even know what problems are. And like, ah, like, it just puts stuff in perspective. And to anyone out there listening, man, like, you can still do whatever. Like, there's people out there who are 500 pounds who might be listening to this thinking like, 
oh, it's over for me. It's not over for you, man. It's not like it's over for those kids. Like they yeah. don't even get a, a shot to mess it up. Like you messed it up and you have a chance to freaking make it better too. Like I messed it up. Like I freaking, I ate too much Taco Bell and partied too much with my friends and I got super fat. Oh, big whoop. Who cares? That's not a big deal. Like you, you can fix it. You still have time. Like you still have time. That's deep, man. I mean, I didn't even anticipate the podcast going that direction, but I love that it did. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what you'll get over at Average Joe Keto. Me yelling <laughs> at you about being <laughs> lazy. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's good, man. That's good. I'm glad. Obviously, I'm glad that you had to go through all those emotions for your for your son's sake. But I'm glad that it happened for the sake of, for one, gaining you perspective, but then being able to illustrate and paint that picture for people that might be listening. You know. Yeah, yeah. It was it was freaking nuts, man. I'll never be the same. Like. I, I I was like I said I was looking at that homeless guy and I was like man he's he's beautiful he's got he's got the whole world ahead of him right now and he was like this is a sixty year old freaking homeless dude I'm like yeah you know, it's just this perspective of just at the day before I would have been like what a freaking piece of trash loser go get a job but the, like I still saw hope for him I don't know I don't know no I, I appreciate it man like. Perspective is everything, man. And mm-hmm. and until you go through a really trying hard time, you can't appreciate it for what it is. But but once you do, yeah, you you just can't look at things the same. Amen, brother. A freaking man. <laughs> well, Jesse, where can people go to find out more about you, brother? Listen to your podcast. All right, man. You go to either Spotify. Or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and you just type in Average Joe Keto. You're going to find me, and you'll hear Robert on there too. We had a great podcast together, and uh, I'm, I'm gaining traction. You know, I'm growing, and I got some, some success stories too. And yeah, I'm just trying to tell people that it's possible. So come on over and listen if you want to. If not, I don't care. <laughs> Awesome, man. I love it. Well, I'll link out to that so it makes it easy for people to find you for sure. Right on, man. I'll send you over the I'll send you over the picture of that and then a link yeah, or yeah, whatever. Send that. send that for sure. All right, man. I appreciate it, dude. It was freaking it's freaking awesome, man. This is like a dream come true. I've I've listened to your podcast for like two years now. So this is pretty <laughs> awesome. No, nah, man, it's, it's an honor to have you on here, brother. I I'm glad that that you were able to and we can connect and Anything that you have as far as the, the competition prep goes, man, definitely hit me up and I'll help in any way I can. All right, man. Thank you so much. See you later, Robert. All right. Take care, buddy.